0: Pastor Katie. We are in a sermon series uh, focusing on the prophet Elijah. And today's reading comes from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 17 through 24. We are picking up where Pastor Katie left off last week. Uh, last week the, um, the the widow helped sustain Elijah's life through providing him with a little bit of bread. And then uh, they were all able to eat for several days, uh, which was a miracle. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. His illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. She then said to Elijah, "'What have you against me, O man of God? "'You have come to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son.'" But Elijah said to her, Give me your son. He took him from her bosom, carried, her, carried him up into the upper chamber where he was lodging, and laid him on his own bed. And he cried out to the Lord, O oh Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I am staying by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times, And cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. The Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. The life of the child came into him again, and he revived. Elijah took the child, brought him down from the upper chamber into the house, and gave him to his mother. Then Elijah said, See, your son is alive. So the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is true. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? God, we come here today... for lots of different reasons. Whatever it is that our spirits need the most, we pray that through the songs, through the prayers, through the fellowship, through the preaching, through whatever means necessary, God, that you meet our innermost needs. And in this moment, We pray that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Today is a somber reminder that life can change drastically in an instant. But in all honesty, we really don't want or need too many more reminders. Because most of us are already very aware of the reality that is life changing drastically in an instant. For some of us, it happens at certain points in times in life that are are for the best. Life's not going so well, and then all of a sudden we get a surprise package in the mail, or we receive a phone call, or we get a new job offer, something happens that causes our life to change drastically in an instant for the better. But many of us, I would say most of us, have also experienced the drastic and instant change of life that is unpleasant and unwanted we get the phone call from the doctor's office that says we need you to come back in something with your labs doesn't look right we go and the ultrasound tech has a certain look on their face as they're doing your procedure and you realize life is changing it's not for the better maybe we've been in those moments where we get that phone call that phone call that no mother or father husband and wife sister or brother or child wants to receive and our life changes in an instant it's painful we know For better, for worse, for both, we know. The widow of Zarephath knew as well. She had already buried at least one husband in life. And then comes the drought. Pastor Katie talked about the drought last week, and, and because of this drought, the widow feels as if Uh, the death of her son and her own death, they are both imminent. Because of a change in weather, something she had absolutely no control over, she now has to prepare their last supper. And so she begins making these preparations for this last supper. And you see, she only has a little bit of meal left in her jar and a little oil left in a jug. And then this strange man shows up this strange man shows up and he asks her for something to eat. <clears throat> she says, man, are you crazy? I've only got a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil, only enough to, to make one last supper for my son and I. I, I. I can't feed you. But this strange man, he's a, he's a persistent prophet, a persistent prophet. And, and he says, no, make me some Bread. Make me some bread, and you and your son will have enough food to sustain you. There will be enough left, I promise. Thus says the Lord, says the persistent prophet. And his persistence pays off. The widow feeds him, and then she goes home and and she feeds her son. And truly she thinks he is a prophet. He is one sent by God. Because not only after they eat what they thought would be their last meal, they eat another meal and another meal and another and another. Several days they eat just with that little bit of meal and that little bit of oil. Many years later on down the road, Jesus will do something similar just to satisfy a hungry crowd with some loaves of bread and some fish. But in this case, God does it through Elijah, not to ease hunger pains, but to save lives. I tell you, life can change drastically in an instant. And then it can do so again. We don't know what kind of illness the boy had. We don't know what led to his death. It was not starvation, because the meal and the oil did not give out, but for whatever reason, his breath did give out. Frustrated and heartbroken and grieved, the widow lashes out at the prophet Elijah like, what have you against me, man of God? Why have you called my sin to remembrance and killed my son? Here we hear echoes uh, of a story later on down the road, many years of Jesus arriving too late to save his friend Lazarus. In that case, it is Lazarus' sisters who lash out at Jesus. If you would have only been here, he would be alive. But in this case, the widow says, he's dead because you're still here. At this point in the story, we, we hope for uh, another, Thus says the Lord, and, and everything is, is, is made clear. That's the type of thing prophets say, after all, right? Thus says the Lord. But instead of Thus says the Lord, Elijah says, Give me your son. Give me your son. Her son, her lifeless son. Her son who she ate with, celebrated the miraculous with, her son. Her son who she nurtured in the womb, who she nurtured out of the womb. Her son, whose inner light had now gone out. Her son, whose lifeless body she now holds close to her own. He asks for her son. then he takes them. He just walks up and he, he takes them from her bosom with no resistance. And then he takes the child upstairs and she doesn't follow. Seems kind of odd. No resistance, no following. Perhaps at this point she thinks, what do I have to lose? I've already lost it all. Elijah takes the child upstairs, and then he he sits him down and, and he starts praying over the dead body. Three times he goes down, three times he says, Lord, let this child's life come back into him. Lord, let this child's life come back into him. Lord, let this child's life come back into him. And then... In an instant, the fog that had been set over the child's eyes, it lifts. The sternum that had been stilled, it reanimates. The breath, it returns. The color that had faded from his skin, it begins to return. The coldness of his body slowly begins to warm where there was once a cloud of death engulfing this child now there is an outpouring of life overtaking him he is revived and Elijah picks the child up now fully alive and he returns him downstairs to his mother and he gives her the good news your son is alive I tell you, life can change drastically in an instant. And then it can do so again. You know, Scripture doesn't tell us about it, but we know that it had to happen. Scripture doesn't tell us about it, but we we know that it had to happen. There had to be another day when this widow's son perished. There would be another day when his eyes would would fog over once again. Scripture doesn't tell us about it, but we know there had to be a a time, a, a later date when God would not intervene and his breath would give out once again. One day later down the road, Death will call upon him again. And life will change drastically in an instant. That's the painful reality that the story kind of leads out. We go from near death to life to death, and then back to life. But to our knowledge, The widow's son is no longer roaming this earth. So it would seem that his story ends with death. But praise God that at least on two occasions, the widow's son experiences the mighty power of God in a way that brings him back to life. And praise God, there was at least one time in life that his widowed mother hears those wonderful words of life Your son is alive. You know, later on down the road, many years later, There's another mother who we believe to be widowed. And at some point, she hears those same words Your son is alive. But in her case, she hears them not because her son has been revived. But because he's been resurrected, that mother's name is Mary. And since Mary's son was resurrected, since her son had the fog that had set over in his eyes lifted, since his sternum that had been steeled reanimated, since his breath returned, since the color that had faded from his skin returned, since the coldness of her son's body returned to warmth, since the cloud of death that had engulfed Mary's son on Calvary's hill had been replaced three days later with an outpouring of life. Not only can life change drastically in an instant, but death has now been changed drastically in an instant. And what it has been changed to is more life. Now, because of her son, Mary's son, because he was not only revived but resurrected, the sons of widows, the sons and daughters of us all, the loved ones, the parents, the strangers, the friends, the neighbors, the foes, the widows themselves, can not only encounter the miraculous and instantaneous changes in life that lead to a little more life, a few more days, a few more weeks, a few more months, a few more years, but now, because of her son, Mary's son, we experience the unwanted and unpleasant instantaneous changes that come in life, those that, that reek of death, and we can know and trust that because he lives, we will live. As well. Because Mary's son lives, what lies on the other side is not calamity and despair or nothingness. What lies on the other side is more life and it's life abundant. Glory. Glory. Because of her son, Mary's son, no story ends in death despite the evidence to the contrary. Because of her son, Mary's son, all the sons and daughters, fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters and widows shall live forever. Because of her son, Mary's son, we have all the bread that we would ever need. The jar and the jug, they never give out. Neither does our life. Thanks be to the resurrected one, Mary's son, the one who is seated on the throne, the one who is saying continuously on our behalf, let this child's life come back into them. Let this child's life come back into them. Let this child's life come back into them. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for life. We thank you for Mary's son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who makes abundant life and everlasting life a reality for us all. It's in his name that we pray and all God's people say,